All right, everyone. Elisa here to announce this. We are having a virtual marriage retreat. Yes, we have heard you guys. You have asked for this. We had an in-person first ever marriage retreat last year, right before the big C hit. And it was amazing and beautiful and God did amazing things. And a lot of you who came asked for, let's do it again. And can we do it again? But there are a lot of you who couldn't come. So now in light of what many gifts that COVID has brought us, we thought, you know what? We can do this, a virtual marriage retreat. We're calling it Reconnect and signups are now open right now. The retreat will begin and happen August 20th and 21st. So we're hoping you will make plans, you and your spouse, to set apart some time on August 20th and 21st to go through it with us all live and many other couples around the world. And uh, if you can't attend live, then of course we will send you the replay. My close friends and marriage experts, Don and Renee Wooster, they will be providing the main session content and material regarding our marriage. They truly have been instrumental in the healing for my heart and reconciliation in my marriage. Truly transformative, just delivering the gospel unfiltered, edited, uncut, and really cut straight, cut straight to the heart. This is not for anyone who wants to pretend and slap a label of Christian over your marriage. We want to get down and dirty and do the real work. And I'm telling you, you will laugh. You will have fun. There's something that comes against us often when we think about asking for help. But it is part of how our, our design works, is to get help. And so we are here with Don Renee to do just that. And of course, we'll move our bodies that weekend and have a time of being still and being loved together because the body is part of this. Um, how we position our body, how we carry our body, how we present ourselves uh, physically, spiritually, emotionally, in all the places to one another in covenant marriage. So all of this is happening for $129. That is a steal. And it's yours, like I said, for one year. The content is yours for that price. So block your busy calendar now and make a plan to get away with your spouse August 20th and 21st. Signups are open today. Swipe up and get yourself enrolled. Okay. And now speaking of family and marriage, I bring you my friend, Alyssa Bethke. Ah, do you follow her, her husband, Jefferson Bethke? They are a married couple with kids, lots of kids in Maui, Hawaii. I mean, they're basically living in paradise. And Alyssa just penned her first book, solo book, all by herself. And it is out this week. Now, here's the thing. It is one of the most beautiful books that has ever come across my desk. And I've seen a lot of books come across my desk, but it is gorgeous. I told her, Alyssa, you have given me like a dream, something to ask the Lord to to make a book that would be so inspiring, encouraging, and giving people something to see that is an image of Christ without make-believe. The book is filled with stories of Alyssa and her real life journey of learning satisfaction in the Lord. It's not a perfect line, but man, it makes us all feel real and feel heard and not alone, but then at the same time, the visuals and the imagery of the book it's just one of those coffee table books. It's a book that I think everyone should have a few of them as hostess gifts. Give it to a hostess with a candle, a church leader, a faith 
a mentor, someone who's meant something to you in your life. It is a fantastic and beautiful book. Well worth the investment. So we're going to hang out today and talk with Alyssa. She's going to share her reasons for writing the book, some fun stories. We talk about body image. We talk about all the things that truly bring us alive and satisfaction of the Lord. And I believe you will leave here feeling refreshed. Thanks, donors, for making it possible for us to be here and get this podcast out to the many, many listeners around the world. We couldn't do it without you. You guys, we'll talk soon. Enjoy this interview. Peace. All right, Revelation Wellness community, um, we did not put a video on for this one <laughs> because we're going just audio. Sometimes we put our podcasts on YouTube, but sorry, you guys, we we just talked and we're like, sent our, our selfies to one another going, this is not going to be an audio interview. <laughs> My friend, Alyssa Bethy is here, a new and fast friend, but that's what the Holy Spirit does. Isn't it true? You just yeah. find each other and you go, where have you been my whole life? Where have you been? Yes. And I'm so grateful that our paths crossed uh, through our friend Carly. So Alyssa Bethke is with us, you guys, today. Um, Alyssa, say, tell, a little bit, tell our community who you are and get a little backstory on you. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me on today, Lisa. It's just always, I've been looking forward to it all week. I'm like, oh, I get to hang out with Alisa. Um, mm. So my name is Alyssa Bethke, and my husband and I, Jeff, we live in Maui, Hawaii, and we have three little kids, seven, five, and two, so we are in the thick of it, and um, we just get to do, we are really doing anything and everything. Um, we work online, so we do anything that's creative to share about the gospel and to encourage families. Um, and so yeah. we write books, we do a podcast, we have a yippee show. Um, we're doing a bed and breakfast right now. So we're kind of crazy. We do a bunch of different things. <laughs> Jeff's always coming up with a new business plan. Um, but it's pretty oh, I, I so get Jeff. Jeff and I are both <laughs> Enneagram 8s. Aren't we both Enneagram 8s? Yes, yes. I feel like Jeff is a brother. I'm like, oh, I, I get you. And I get you because of your joy and love for the Lord and your pure heart for, yeah, for family and for the things that matter in the face of things that are also pulling at us for our attention and like mm -hmm. that, that place that we feel maybe sometimes torn. Um, so you both wrote this book, Satisfied. It's your first yeah. book. Yes. Well, it's my third book, but my first solo book. So a real okay. dream come true. I've always wanted to write since I was a little girl. My grandpa told my, I would like write thank you cards to all my relatives for holidays. And I would always fill out all three sides of the card. And so my grandpa told my mom one time, like, you know, she's going to be a writer, right? And That's so awesome. it's a real dream come true to be able to have this out. Oh. Okay. Now tell people, cause I'm, I'm in the throes of writing the next book. You told yeah. me this. I had, we had some time together recently in person. Tell the story of like you wrote the book. Like you did. Was it? The, did you have a book proposal and you? They said, "Okay, let's go with that." And then you started to write it. And then what? Yes. So I did the book proposal, which um, is a lot of work, and it's like it's which I'm oh. thankful because it's like oh, it's like writing a book. <laughs> it really it's so is. Much. It's the hardest thing. I just had to do mine for the first time, and it was teeth pulling, but once you have yeah. it, mm -hmm. it's super, super helpful and makes time go easier. I think. Yes, totally. I see why they make you do it. So anyway, I did the book yeah. proposal. I wrote the entire book, um, over probably like a three, four month span. 
And, um, you know, it's so vulnerable. You feel naked because no one really reads it. I, no one, except I was working with, um, oh, this amazing lady that kind of helps me like outline it and just kind of like architects it for me. So she was the only one that read it. And I was like, is this any good? And she's like, oh yeah, I love it. It's so good. Send it into the publisher. And I like, I worked, I felt like that time I was like really stressed and we have three little kids and I was like, Mm -hmm. I only have this amount of time each day to do it. And just Mm -hmm. not out of a spirit of like, I get to, but a spirit of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. And so um, I'm so satisfied (laughs) and frustrated. (laughs) Oh, and so I turned it in. We, I was like, oh, I did it. We went on a one month vacation and um, my publisher called me at the end of it and just was like, you know, I, I mean, joke now she wasn't satisfied with it, but she's like, I just, we need to rewrite the whole thing. Like, it's not what we were hoping for. And so I like, I was just shocked. And I sat in the fetal position crying for a few hours. And, um, but I was so grateful that I got the opportunity to rewrite it again, that she wanted me to rewrite it again, because um, one, I learned that I can do hard things. So it was really good for me. And I felt like the second time around, it was just like, okay, Lord, I just, I had to lean into the Holy Spirit. And I was like, just tell me what to write. And I felt like I just, I got to do it with the spirit of grace and thankfulness instead of this like clenched fish, like striving. Mm -hmm. striving. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I realized while I was writing the book the first time, Jeff and I kind of walked through like the hardest year we've had so far, not in our marriage, but just in life, like business and um, Mm -hmm. relationships and having all these hard conversations. And I really, looking back, I was it was almost like a journal entry for me because I was learning to be satisfied in the Lord through all the really hard and mundane things. And so it was like a process. And then when I got to rewrite it, I could look back and be like, Oh Lord, look at how you met me and look at how you really did truly satisfy me in each of these seasons and each of these months and each of these hardships. And now I get to write about it in like a Oh, yes. wow, the Lord, like what I'm writing, I know in my bones is true. Yes. Oh, so and there's nothing, nothing better than, I mean, I think we can only write what we really know, like really, mm-hmm. really know. So maybe initially you were writing the book you needed in a sense. Yes. Yes. And then, but then you wrote the book that was what it was like, this is what I who mm-hmm. I know God to be. I'm in it now. I have to cling into his his nearness yeah. and his steadfastness. Okay. Mm-hmm. So first of all, everyone, the book is beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> One, hard copy. Hello. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> um, second, the pi- uh, here's what I thought. So we have a mutual friend, Carly Jean. I'm like, if Carly mm-hmm. Jean wrote a book, <laughs> this would be the book. Don't you think? Oh, that? I mean, yes. I've been wanting her to write a book forever. That's so kind. Yes. That's not even like clearly. And then you, you, I love your story of how you even became friends with Carly was just, you didn't know her, but she was like helping you when you had a little bit of like after baby or just scrolling and you loved her stories. And I feel the same way. Our friend Carly, she's just so blessed and like, I gotta have Carly on the show. But anyways, the beauty in the eye that she has, I'm like, you have, you have it too. You're so in creating atmospheres and places. And so when you read the book, it's like stories, little stories and vignettes of kind of your life and a peek into your life and this, this angle of satisfied. But then you also have um, beautiful pictures. Who did all the pictures? Did you like 
go tell, like, did you work, give them the visuals for those like ideas? Yeah. So our really, our, one of my really good friends here, she's a photographer and she's always taken all our family photos. And so I just was like, can we do some photo shoots of our family in our house? And um, <sighs> so I'm really grateful for her. She's just really talented. And are the pictures like from your house, like, like real yeah. life stuff? Yeah. Guys, this is the- like an Instagram <laughs> book, fun, like beautiful. And here's the beauty of it. Here's what I love about you, Alyssa, is that you cultivate beauty. And this book obviously does that, shows it. But you also don't hide the, the tension of how messy it is. And it, you do it not in a way to like false humility. Like, oh, it's like really, I, you, you, if the word strive can be put in to be satisfied with the Lord, you do, you strive yeah. for that satisfaction. Mm. You strive for the joy of the Lord, that he is that strength. And then it just kind of comes out of you. Um, mm. And I'm sure it's not always perfect, but tell people no. why then, why did you write this book? Yeah. Thanks, Lisa. So I wrote the book. Um, it came out of a place about three years ago. I was looking around at my life and I was pregnant with our youngest and I felt like man, Lord, like you've answered so many of my prayers. Like we're living in Hawaii, my dream. I get to be an author. You bless me with a husband and children and all these things. And yet I still found in my day to day, just, I was looking, I wasn't satisfied. I felt a little empty or like when I would have a really stressful day or a hard moment with the kids or, Mm -hmm. um, just feeling like, Oh, the mundane is not as ideal as I thought it would be, I would numb out or I would scroll, I would go shopping or, you know, little Mm -hmm. things like that, that become really heart issues. And I just realized, I felt like the Lord was pulling me aside and saying, Alyssa, come and just come into my presence. Let me remind you that I am your first love, that all Mm -hmm. these things won't satisfy you. And it's in Mm -hmm. my presence that you will find satisfaction to then have joy in your life and in your presence day. And so, and I think that's why like the Lord maybe had me write it twice. It was like, then I had to relearn how to find satisfaction in the Lord. And that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so, it's such a gift when God answers our prayers and when our longings are fulfilled. But at the same time, we live in the not yet. We're not like, Mm-hmm. We live on this earth that is fallen and we're mm-hmm. creatures that are like still being made um, into our, what do you call it? And into our glorious self. And so like, we always mm-hmm. will have longings. Like we always mm-hmm. will, like there, even if the Lord answers with a yes, then once we get it, like we'll still be in the waiting. There's something else that we'll be longing for or waiting for. Always. And so how does the Lord meet us in those? Like how does, and he does, he does meet us in those and he does satisfy us. And, you know, it won't be until we're with the Lord in the new kingdom that we won't ever have any more longings that we won't need faith Mm. anymore, which just blows my mind. Like one day we will never long to be satisfied because our, longings will be 100% fulfilled. But until then, like in this earth, we still, the Lord still will meet us. And it's the longings that draw us to him. It's the longings that make us into his presence and create that intimacy with him. And so even those are really hard things and moments. And it's like, oh, I hate this tension that I still long and I need faith. But it's in that, that the Lord draws us to himself. And that's the gift. Amen. Okay, I'm crying. Just the thought of like one day, I feel it is, I've never been, I need to sit on that a while, but one day we won't need faith. 
Like, yeah. Isn't that, isn't that weird to think? Cause I think it's what we breathe. Like it's how mm-hmm. I get through the day. It's like, I, if I didn't have faith, I would forget it. Like it would all just, I would be, right. a, I would live in fear. I would live in complete and total fear of mm-hmm. everything going wrong and trying to control stuff. So yeah, faith and satisfaction are so hand in hand that one day we won't even need faith anymore. I don't even know what that would be like. That must, that is the fullness, that that joy complete. Like it is, yeah. enter your master's rest, enter well done. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, to live for mm-hmm. that, that's what we live for. So then right. how do you cultivate satisfaction in a dissatisfied moment? Oh man, that's such a good word. I mean, such a good question. And I want to say too, like, it's sometimes hard when you write a book because I put it out here and it's, I'm still going through the battle. <laughs> like, it's not like I've arrived. Oh. <laughs> I've, you know, like the Lord has taught me so much, but it's something that I have to live out each day. And even in this season, it's like, even last night I was crying out to the Lord, like, Lord, please satisfy me because my season right now, there's difficulties about it. And it's like, I feel like I'm yeah. at the end of myself. I feel so weary and tired. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's a few things that I'm really learning. Um, one is to embrace my weakness, to embrace yeah. the longing and the um, dissatisfaction to draw me into the presence of the Lord and at his yes. feet. And I'm just, I'm yeah. learning so much of a, that like my weakness is not a limitation. It's an invitation to be before Jesus. And, you know, he says when we are weak, he is made strong and it's then that he's glorified. It's then that like he becomes greater and I become less and that he's on display. Like it's all him, all that I breathe is him. And so really, um, I'm learning to talk to him more throughout the day. Like he's with me all throughout the day and, uh, and it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be and sometimes I've been frustrated lately because I'm like, Lord, I feel like my life is so noisy and I know I need to pray with you and I can't like, I can't form the words in my head. And it's just, thank you for the spirit. And I'm just going to say, Lord, help me. You are my help. Like, or just reciting scripture or all throughout the day. Yeah. Um, and then also I think it's giving thanks, like actually actively giving thanks. Like we go around in the car at our dinner table and I'll tell the kids, tell me three things you're thankful for. And we've written it out on our chalkboard. Like, let's see if we can get to a hundred this week just to reframe. I mean, we, you talk about that so much reframe my brain and my thinking to take every thought captive and to, Oh, I heard this quote the other day that was so good. And she was saying, you know, if all we focus on is the brokenness of the world, like if that's all we think about, we will see brokenness all around us. But if we focus Absolutely. on the right, but if we focus on the goodness of God, we will see all the good that He has around us. So really 100%. taking those thoughts captive and and looking for His gifts, like Ann Voskamp says. Um, and then lastly, I'm learning, and I'm not great at it, but I'm trying to learn more to just make a moment each day, like five minutes, 10 minutes with the kids during COVID. There was a couple months where we would take a Polaroid, um, a Polaroid picture of every, for every day. So it'd be like, we would have hot dogs on our lawn for dinner, or, um, we would, I don't know, like the kids would be doing something cute, riding their bicycle. And as he, like our dog would be chasing them. So I take a picture and just print it. And it's just taking those moments each day moments. and remembering those because the hard and heavy so can good. be so in our face. But when you just take that moment, like, Oh Lord, <laughs> like my day was so hard. My day was so hectic. And this is so like, this sucks right now and what I'm walking through, but these yeah. five minutes where I got to sit 
on our front doorstep Amen. and have frozen daiquiris with my kids that, you know, that were like yes. in our freezer for four months. Like I'm grateful for this moment. And so just Amen. taking those little moments and capturing them. My youth pastor always said, um, when it would be a moment that, you know, like the Israelites would build an altar when it was like, let's remember mm-hmm. this moment that God did. Mm-hmm. He would always say like, take a Kodak picture right now. Like just keep, keep it in your mind. This is what we're holding on to. And so taking those moments too. That's so good. <clears throat> that's so good. The fact that the moment thing, I mean, and that's the truth. Like what we look for, we find. And if mm-hmm. I look for a delightful moment, a moment where I sense the goodness of God in any big or small, then our, those can expand, right? That what you yeah. focus on does get larger. So if a small moment can actually take up a little more territory than just the chaos, of, you know, the next thing that we have to tick off our list to do. I love mm-hmm. that. I love it. And I think that's what your book does. Your book is like a series mm-hmm. of moments, whether it's the recipes, there's recipes in it, you guys too. Like yeah. how fun is that? So <laughs> recipes and like um, the environment of just the atmosphere of setting satisfaction and beauty before the Lord. And I always, I always want to say this to people. I think it's sometimes I, we're in this weird tension place of, well, everything always looks so picture perfect. And I think it's okay to, we're made for glory. Like you're drawn Mm. to beauty because you're made for beauty. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to like, let your mind see that and set yourself on it. Now, don't compare ourselves like, oh, how come my living room doesn't look that beautiful and tidy or whatever. But the whole point is to reset ourselves to give us that glimpse of heaven and heaven's home and beauty and Mm. what that is. So don't despise it, but then don't covet it either. Um, yeah. But I think we need, I think it's not bad. I think there's a lot of this, you know, oh, it's always so staged or always so perfect. And I think that's why in the book, you don't talk about it all from how great you've actually t- share how challenging things have been so that you can turn mm. your mind back to satisfaction. In the book, you mm. talk a little bit about body image. And since our yeah. our community is one that would go, oh, let's talk about that until we're <laughs> blue. Let's talk again. Let's reframe this again. So share yeah. a little bit of that for our listeners, your mm-hmm. experience in body image. Yeah. Well, we've talked about this a lot, but um, for so I struggled with the eating disorder for like six years through high school, college. Um, just really, and it became, it started off as, you know, I was in this, um, exercise class, a PE class with a bunch of girls and they started talking about their body image and what they could do to stay skinny. And all of a sudden I realized like, Mm -hmm. Oh, this is kind of like what I need to do. You just kind of like become what other people Mm -hmm. are talking about. And then I would look around and, um, you know, I never had a boyfriend in high school or college. And I was like, Oh, all the beautiful skinny girls have boyfriends. So this is what I need to do to look this Mm -hmm. way to get what I want. And it really then became a control issue. Like whenever something in my life felt out of control, I had a, a big test or a friendship wasn't going well, or I was scared in some way, um, that I felt like eating could be something I could control or not eating. And can I ask at this stage of your life, where did you know the Lord? Went yes. to youth group. Did you isn't that crazy? So you're doing this yes. thing and yet your body's over here. Okay, keep going. Exactly. So it was like I had been walking with the Lord since what well, since I was seven, but really since I was 15, I was that was the thing that was so difficult. I lived in isolation because I was this leader. I led Bible studies, I was an wow. RA on campus, and like here I had this, and I felt like I sorry, I'm going really deep in this, but I felt like I was in this dark dungeon. <laughs> 
and nobody could get me out. And I felt like I couldn't tell anybody where I would like mention something to someone and they didn't get like catch on. And so then it just like double Mm. shame. And like, I felt like I was crying for help inside, but no one could hear me to get out. And, Mm. um, it wasn't until I moved to Hawaii as an intern at a church and I lived with a bunch of girls and like in the program, you immediately have like mentors and, you know, my youth pastor's wife. And, um, I just felt like the Lord surrounded me with people that immediately mm-hmm. could see it and call me out on it. And then also walk with me that year, like mm-hmm. just that I had to sit down and have meals with, like I couldn't run and hide that they would ask me, they had struggled in the past too. So they knew what to look for. And that's uh-huh. why I love Maui so much. Cause I really feel like it's such a place of healing in my life. And yes. so we, we yes. want to live here to like, you know, have people out bring and like cultivate healing more healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Lord, um, definitely healed me. And I felt like he had to transform my mind. Like to, I, my mind was so warped in how I viewed myself and how I viewed food yeah. that he really had to like completely transform it. And, um, so that was my journey for so long. And then when I wrote the book, the chapter I wrote about body image, it was when I was pregnant with Lucy. So our, our third child, but fourth pregnancy. And, mm. um, and all of a sudden I started to struggle with my body again. Like I, and I felt extra guilt because before Lucy, we had miscarried. And so here I was like with a new, like a baby, the Lord had blessed me with a baby. And after having a miscarriage, you would just think I would be so grateful. Like, Lord, look at what you're doing. And yet I struggled so much with my body changing. It didn't help when I went to the doctor and she didn't have the great bedside manner. And she just was like, Oh, I'm concerned with how much weight you're gaining. Do you even exercise? What do you eat? And it just was like this double, like, I'm already struggling. I'm already hormonal. Like, all I could have was this voice of this doctor in my head. And so it really was me having to go deeper and like, how does the Lord view me? How does he view my body? Mm. Um, Look at what my body can do. It was me preaching truth, like every hour. (laughs) And, um, Mm. and that's why Elisa, part of the reason why I am so grateful for what you do and who you are and getting to know you. Cause I feel like you in my life have brought a deeper healing and a transformation. Mm-hmm. And I was on a podcast this last week and it was so cool because I got to share about when you came out a couple months ago and I asked you to lead a workout with us and a few mm-hmm. girls and you kept saying first Corinthians 12. And it talks about how, um, you know, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross and I didn't Mm. quite understand what that meant. And Mm. you kept saying all throughout the workout, like you are the joy of the Lord for you. He endured. You are the joy. And I was crying. I was crying as I shared this on the podcast, but then as you're saying it, you finally took us into child's pose and I just wept. And it was like the first time I, I got this picture of when I was seven and I was playing basketball and the Lord was with me in the gym and I could just see that he, I'm going to cry now. He was delighting in me as a child. Yeah. And it was like, uh, that was the last time I remember being totally free in my body, like not concerned about how I compared with other people or what I didn't like. It just was like, I was just playing and free. And Jesus was looking at me like, 
I love you so much. Like I delight in you. And this is how I delight in you that your child, like I made you this way. And so I just wept and it was like this other degree of healing that I needed to see how God saw me and my body and that my body is a gift and the way he made me is on purpose. And so I know I still have even more healing to do, but I'm just so grateful for you and how God uses you and how you talk about how the body, it's not like it's separate from our spirit and our, our mind. And I always kind of lived in that. Like my body is separate. And I think that's why I could struggle with the eating disorder for so long and And, still love and be at church. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, no, I'm one. And yeah. And the Lord wants to bring healing to my body and my body tells me things. And so, yeah. So yeah, just so grateful for Uh, you. What? Okay. And you're so right. Like we're all going to continue to go through levels and layers of healing and satisfaction and healing and right glory to glory to glory. So it's so amazing to think, I mean, I'm now, I'm 50, Alyssa. I'm 50 <laughs> now. I can't believe I'm 50. That's crazy. And rocking it. I'm, I'm working. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, <laughs> I'm satisfied in my body at 50. It is not mm. what it was at 20. It's not what it yeah. was at 30. I don't, but it's also not going to be this at 70. And so Mm -hmm. for our listeners, what is satisfaction in your, in your body? Like, what is it? How do you define that? How do you be satisfied in your body? Yeah, I, uh, that's such a good question. And I don't even know if I can do it justice, but, um, I think asking for Jesus to give you eyes to see your body as he sees it Mm -hmm. and to Mm -hmm. give thanks for your body and to, um, to, Man, I want to just say, like, it's so easy to compare ourselves with people online, with women, even with our best friends, with our moms. And just when those thoughts come into our heads of comparison, or I'm not like her, or, I mean, I could even look at you and say, like, wow, look at Elisa and, like, how ripped she is, or, you know, and she's 50. And, but it's like cutting off that thought and giving thanks, like, nope. Lord, thank you for how you created her. Thank you for how you, she has a a body and and thank you for how you created me. And I'm going to give thanks for my body and any area where I look in the mirror and I go, oh, I wish this was different or, oh, look at that. Or, oh, yikes. It's like, nope, (laughs) Lord, thank you. And it's like, I have to actually do that. Like sometimes my thighs have always been an issue for me and I need to cut that off. And when I look in the mirror and say, Nope, Lord, thank you that you gave me strong legs that I can hike and I can carry my kids up the stairs. And, you know, it's just immediately giving thanks and asking the Lord to see us as he sees us and to, um, and also to find joy in our body, you know, like, like, so that's why I love like going for a walk or, doing like eating good food or cuddling with our kids, Mm -hmm. like anything that's physical like that and saying, Lord, thank Mm -hmm. you that I get to do this, that I get experience Mm -hmm. this. This gives me joy. Mm -hmm. So amen. You guys, Alyssa and I did a podcast interview that that hasn't come out. That doesn't come out until when? It'll come in June. Okay, so June. Ours will be mm-hmm. out probably here in a couple of weeks. So next month, like, I'll I'll put it in all the places for Rev because that was a really – we just talked about body image. We talked about mm-hmm. body image. And I still am here to say it's crazy, you guys, our body image. We don't see ourselves the way 
even people aren't thinking of us the way we think of ourselves. People aren't Mm -hmm. thinking of us as often as we're thinking of ourselves. Like no one's going, Oh my gosh, Alyssa's thighs. Have you seen like no one, (laughs) no one is thinking that no one has time for it. No one. We are so inundated with this information, but we do have to question where am I Mm -hmm. getting this from? Who's told me like that back in the garden? Who told Mm -hmm. you your thighs are wrong? Mm -hmm. Who told you, Elisa, that your chest is too flat? Who told you these Mm -hmm. things? I almost feel like a father, like, you go get them. Bring them here. Let me go grab them and let me talk to them because I made you good. Everything Mm -hmm. about our bodies has been on purpose for the purpose of doing good works, of making goodness on the earth. It isn't Mm -hmm. about all the things that the world has made it about. So this whole body image thing – I've said it in other places too. This is a quote from a book by Norman Doidge. It's a PhD. And it's, I shared it a little bit on your podcast, but how our body image, it is perceived in our mind. So Jesus talks a lot about perceiving the kingdom, perceive something. Mm. It's not perceiving goes beyond what we actually see. There's a mm-hmm. perception. There's more behind it than I can see. So that's perceiving something. So body image is perceived in our mind, interpreted in our brain, so what we think, if we have a fight, flight, freeze, if we over-focus on something, if, we, if we're really focused on other people's bodies, then we're constantly going to put, um, interpret our body based on that in our mind. Yeah. That's why the Lord's mm-hmm. like, renew that mind, renew your brain, like renew it, give that to me. So then we interpret it in our brains and then project it onto our bodies. Like, so it's like, it's a lens. You're not even, you're seeing through this completely uh, distorted perception that all started with your mind. So yeah. you have to mind over and over what cannot buy into the live, what the world tells us mm-hmm. is satisfaction, period, right? This goes yeah. back to the whole book. The reason you write this book is just to keep us like, okay, life has comes at us, comes at us with disappointments mm-hmm. and we have the hope of glory, Christ with us. Mm -hmm. Everything gets rewired in satisfaction. Mm -hmm. So Alyssa, what do you hope the person will walk away with after reading your book? Yes. I love this question. Um, My biggest hope for the book. So another reason why I wrote it is because I feel like it's so easy to go on Instagram and look at somebody's life in their little square and be like, oh, Mm -hmm. wow. Like, they have the perfect life or look at their kids or all these things. And my heart mm-hmm. was for you. And that's, it's beautiful. Like it is a highlight and I'm going to give thanks for that. But to see the heart behind it and the, the story yeah. that God is weaving behind it. And so that was kind of my hope is that you'd be able to open the book and see like, oh, like this is the depth and this is how God is, who God is and how he works. But my so dearest hope is that people will read it and they will meet with the Lord. Like they will feel his presence and his spirit ministering to them as they read it. They will be drawn closer to seek him and to pursue him and to be present with him. Like I just talked to um, a friend on my launch team and it was so cool. And she's a young mom and she's like, I just have felt so dry in my walk with the Lord all year. And I read your book. And it just made me want to go and read my Bible. And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, she's like, I didn't even want to pick up any other books or like, I just needed the Bible. And I just started to dig in and that it's like quenching my thirst. And I'm like, that's all that I want and long for is that Amen. people will Amen. like go to the Lord and go to his word and just realize that 
he satisfies, like it is, he yeah. quenches our thirst and he Amen. is the, the best water. And so that's my hope. Uh, and again, you guys, this book is one of those buy for yourself, buy for a girlfriend. Uh, uh, it is, it's a beautiful book. Like it's a book that you could sit and have, and it would draw people to be drawn into the Lord. And the fact that I love the juxtaposition of its beauty and it's real. Like, and here's mm. how we um, go through these, these life challenges of disappointments or things that we face where we don't feel satisfied. So how mm-hmm. do we re-anchor ourselves back in the satisfaction of the Lord? Mm-hmm. And I just say there is no greater. May that be true of every, I'm going to just jump on that bandwagon of like every book I write. May mm-hmm. it, may people like just not even throw my book down. And yeah. just fall into the Lord's mm-hmm. love, his word and who he is. And then everything else, then the books become, you know, supplemental. And I hope all, yeah. all of our books are that, that not mm-hmm. just filling more time when we could be truly satisfied in the Lord and who he is and what he said. Mm-hmm. Lisa, so I love you. I Aww, love you. I love you, Lisa. And I'm coming back to Maui soon, so... I'll be seeing you. Actually, I I will be seeing you because I'm borrowing your car. (laughs) So crazy. Did you know there is such a car shortage in Hawaii right now that people that are going in the summer are renting U-Hauls? Yes. Like they're renting U-Hauls as car rentals. There's no cars. insane right now. Well, what happened is during COVID because nobody could travel here. So I feel like all a couple of rental companies, they went bankrupt and then everyone yeah. like sold their cars and they shipped them all off. I feel like right before they opened the, you know, <clears throat> whatever you call it, the, I want, I don't want to say borders cause we're in America, but they opened the, <laughs> yeah, you can come visit. the travel, yeah, a travel ban. Um, yeah. and so everyone's coming here and all of a sudden there's like no rental cars. And so it's insane. And yeah, so people are running U-Hauls. Um, and then, and then people that are like, oh, well, we didn't get a rental. We'll just Uber when we get there. There's no Ubers either. Like you can't get an yeah. Uber because there's not enough drivers. So it's crazy. <laughs> are you seeing like people, like, what are they doing? Like getting there and having no car? I think, well, our friends came out, um, during spring break. And so they just had to walk everywhere. So I don't think they could go that far. They like just walk because they couldn't get Ubers and they couldn't have a rental car. And then some people, oh, you'll appreciate this. So we, um, our truck like blew up. Jeff took it up country and went on an adventure with the kids I, and it like totally exploded. I saw that. He so, dropped something off the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. So he had to get a rental and our, his best friend, our best friends own um, the car dealership here. So they were going to give us like a Jeep. We call it a Jeep wagon a Jeep truck. I don't know what you call it. Anyway, one of the rentals. And so he texted Jeff, uh, an hour later, he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. It's not available. Leonardo DiCaprio's renting it for like $750 a day. <laughs> so we were like, what? like, that's how crazy it is right now. So if you like, Oh yeah. $800 to rent a car, $300 to rent a car a day. So, um, anyway. It's just wild. It's crazy town. I saw that to Simon. Simon, I've been laughing because he's like, God, thank goodness for your friend. I'm like, yes, thank goodness for the church. We have a car. And yes. then he goes, although, although, I, he goes, I started to have visions of us pulling up to the beach in the U-Haul and I could like grill <laughs> on the inside and then the sand could stay out because he can like sand in him. Oh, he just I'm gets sure. a little nutty. Sure. He's like, I could yeah. like wash you all off before you come in the U-Haul. <laughs> he had a whole story going for 
how great a U-Haul would be. And I'm like, uh, no, we're done. Anyways, uh, okay. All right. That's a side note. That's a free one, everyone. Go get the book at Amazon and all the places books are sold. I'm not just saying it. I get a lot of books. This is one of the prettiest books I've have come across. I'm not uh, I'm not saying that because you're my friend. Um, <laughs> it's one of the prettiest books. It's also, like I said, if Carly wrote a book or if the Nestor, you know who the Nestor yes, is? Yes, she if was she on my wrote a book, which Mm-hmm. Yes, she just wrote mm-hmm. her first book too. Mike, mm-hmm. see, you were first yeah. there. So it's a beautiful <laughs> one. So, anyways, go get it, you guys. And then you can connect with Alyssa at, on Instagram at Alyssa Joy Bethke. Joy is your middle name, yeah? Yeah, it is. <laughs> of course. Which we talked about Joy set before him. Oh, that's Because you are. We all are, oh. but you got the name. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out with me. When you do whatever other things you do, tell me so you can come back and talk about it. Okay. I love it. Thanks so much, Elisa. This is so fun. Love you.